Warning, Patrick Warburton impressions imminent. We're talking Kronk's new groove on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and break that fourth wall over the goddamn head over and over again. It is the start of spring, and as you can hear, my voice is a little bit hoarse, um, or I guess you could say a little bit llama. There we go. There, There's the joke. Um, so my guest today, a few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about The Emperor's New Groove, and we have with us an expert about that movie to talk with us about the sequel, Kronk's New Groove. Give it up. It's the host of The Emperor's New Podcast, uh, Micah Hirsch. Hey, Micah. I like how I weasel myself into the podcast. The, isn't that podcasting in a nutshell? Just like, hey, I like you. Come join me. <laughs> you. We were talking you know, just on Twitter and you're really interested in talking about this movie. So, but in general, what, uh, just kind of draws you to the, the emperor's new groove as a movie, or I guess as a a mini franchise. Well, in terms of like starting from the movie, I think a movie's really, I think, I think it's really funny and I love these characters. I do. Uh, I saw the movie when it came out, not in theaters, uh, on, on, on video. Um, I liked it. Okay. Then, um, but, the TV show came out, and then I, I liked that okay. Then I caught reruns of the TV show, and the reruns of the TV show made me want to revisit the movie. And now I really love the movie. It's really funny. Um, I love all these characters. So I decided to do a podcast about the whole universe, basically, of the Ember's New Groove. The Grooveverse, if you will. The, yeah, exactly, as we all call it. And, I mean, this is a really interesting... Uh, franchise, especially the movie itself, and we covered it on the podcast a little bit, but just um, the movie was originally going to go in such a different direction, and I think a lot of it was uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who now uh, is kind of the figurehead of DreamWorks and of R.I.P. Quibi, uh, that he kind of kept pushing for more goofy, more like over-the-top. Honestly, like a lot of things you associate with DreamWorks movies, like the kind of Shrekification. By the time Kingdom switched over to Groove, I think Jeffrey Katzenberg had already left and was working on with DreamWorks. Gotcha. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, because probably he was probably there while they were working on Kingdom of the Sun and left in between, and that's how he got Road to El Dorado. <laughs> that that really checks out. That's that's actually always been a funny thing to me, and it seems to have died down. But for a solid decade and a half, it was Disney and DreamWorks were legit releasing the same movies because yeah. um and yeah, i forgot about road to el dorado but yeah you're right that and emperor's uh new groove uh the one that always pops into my head is madagascar and disney's the wild, the wild. no i don't know a single person who has a seen that movie or b uh-huh. has seen it is it anything it's a movie <laughs> it certainly is a movie yeah. um there's some, it has not aged very well for one thing, but also it's not particularly good in general. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was also a dark time, not a dark time for Disney, but just an unmemorable time. Like fun the- fact about the wild, even though it came out after uh, Madagascar, it came, uh, it was in production before Madagascar. Oh, interesting. And the wild has a little connection to the movie we're talking about today because the what? wild has Patrick Warburton in it. That's a pretty good Warburton. I think I 
I doing okay. Cusco. Yeah. Oh boy. Now we're in the in, we're in the imitation part. I can't yeah. do a David Spade, so I'm not even gonna attempt that. Uh, this is the best I can do. I can't do very good either. I just do my own thing when I'm trying to do Cusco. Like I it's Cusco. I yeah, I think if I tried to do David Spade or Cusco, it would just be like Norm MacDonald. Because I, I it's like no, that's not exactly right. Peace. Yeah, rest in peace. But it's close enough. Mm. Um But yeah, so I I think what is so interesting about Kronk's new groove, um, I'll, I'll be honest, I had to watch it in two chunks because I couldn't do it straight yeah. through. It's it it's so not really related to anything. Because, um, yeah. you know, I watched Emperor's New Groove relatively recently. Yeah. And uh, this movie, the sequel, is only 72 minutes. And there's just like... Nothing in there. Like Yisma is a little bit evil. Kronk is a little bit stupid. Cusco tries to break the fourth wall, but yeah. they kind of forget to use him for most of the movie. Yeah, but I was surprised that the entire original voice cast returned. Like for a yeah. direct-to-video sequel, that I, that doesn't feel common at all. Yeah, at least one person usually is. And then the TV show, uh, David Spade didn't come back, and originally John Goodman didn't come back, but by season two, John Goodman came back for the TV show as well. So by season two of the TV show, everyone who was alive, because John Fiedler had passed away, um, except for David Spade, had returned for the TV show as well. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's also interesting, because uh, like Eartha Kitt is a legendary performer. Like, yeah. you know, one of the most well-known uh uh, stars of Broadway. She sang Santa Baby. Yeah. Uh, and for the majority of people, including myself, like Emperor's New Groove is the thing that pops into my head for yeah. her. And it, I feel so conflicted about that. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, even though this is a cash grab direct to video sequel, yeah. like everybody's doing a good job. I can't say that for the script, but. The performances are yeah. not half-assed in a way that it totally could have been. Yeah. And I think, and I'll probably get more into this later, they had, I mean, it's very out there, not like not the thing you'd expect from an Emperor's New Groove sequel, but I feel like that's kind of on brand anyway, so just mm -hmm. what you don't expect. But I think the story with a better script could have been a really solid story too, um, especially if they only focused on like the Kronk and his dad story and not try to shoehorn all this other stuff in they could have yeah like there is something there like i i appreciate it when a sequel isn't just like the same thing is happening but bigger or slightly different like yeah, yeah let's look at this character uh but it's you know a good 25 percent of the movie takes place in a weird like camp flashback yeah. with a character we've never heard of or seen and honestly the whole like squirrel chipmunk speak that Kronk did in the first movie easily my least favorite bit of the movie yeah. I it's just like yep this is like you know the random thing that they have to include yeah I feel like I don't hate Birdwell but as far as love interests that were added in later I think the Molina and I am biased about this but who is in the tv show is Cusco's love interest is, a, is more interesting as a character, but that may be because they had more time. Like, they had a whole series 
to basically figure out who she was. And this is just one short segment of a movie. For sure. And I think if I remember, because I, I know I saw that show when it was on at some point. She's like a, a classmate. She kind of has autonomy because they're like all learning how to be like full people together, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this, first of all, it's it's uh, the character is played by Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman. And she's fantastic. But yeah, this Miss Birdwell, I still don't really know who she is. Yeah. Like th- she's in a rival group and they fall in love and there's like the most minor misunderstanding yeah. and she writes him off. But I think this getting back to the story about Kronk and his father, just a bit, if that's okay. Of course. Um, and also his poppy. As his poppy. Yeah. Poppy. Uh, poppy. I feel like, uh, I don't know if I don't think it was intentional because I don't know anyone involved would have had the intention to do this in 2000s. But I feel like there's a subtext there that's kind of relevant right now <laughs> in terms of how it's a story about a guy doesn't fit into what his father perceives as the normal way of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his father's from Florida. Um, <laughs> and he does these things that are traditionally not considered manly. And his father doesn't approve. And it's about him coming to realize. He doesn't need his father's approval, though. He gets in the end, again, because Disney. Um, because uh, his friends accept him for who he is, and he's true to his groove. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is I feel like the whole Emperor's New Groove franchise sort of has this almost, like, subtextual queerness to it, almost. No, I totally agree with that. And I think wh- I think wh- one thing that kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth with this movie is that you had these moments where it isn't super played for laughs that it's like Kronk is great at cooking. It's what he does. It's what he's good at. And everybody appreciates him for it. But then, you know, the end of this movie, how there's a cavalcade of every single man in a dress and it just keeps going on and on. Yeah. And that's kind of when the charm wore off, but totally as like a, a base level, I definitely felt that. And I think the 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 new Grooviverse is almost getting in this movie's way. Like there there yeah. is a, a deep, interesting story here, but it just keeps getting undercut by like the mania that yeah. uh, the general like cartoonish comedy language that it has. Which I will still give this and the the first movie credit that it's very creative, like how they move the story along, the different gags that they do. Um, there was that stupid joke about, like, don't cry for me, Margentina. Yeah. But even that, I'm like, that's something. That's, like, a, at least, like, semi-clever wordplay that was seemingly planted a while ago. Yeah. But, yeah, I, like, it could have been worse, uh, but it's just very kind of unforgettable. Uh, it also still is just weird to me and confusing that uh, the whole setting of the movie is this kind of Aztec culture and everybody could not be whiter and more Jewish. Yeah. It also, I I also remembered uh, that there's like a dance sequence. There's, I mean, there's several dance sequences in this movie, but in the smack dab middle, Kronk and, uh, Miss uh, Birdwell danced to Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, yeah. and Fire. And 
I don't know why that w- crossed the line for me almost, but like, uh, you know, like it's one thing to have like a dance and they dance about that song about finding your groove. But when you have like a real song from the real world yeah. showing up in a movie that seems to be like, I don't know, like 900 AD or something. It's so like when the reality of this universe breaks down and hurts my brain. And I'm sure that on your podcast, because you, you know, look at all these different aspects of these films, like it, I think that that kind of is why these movies never really had a special place in my heart because I was like, you guys keep breaking your own rules and that's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Time is, time is meaningless in the Emperor's new groove verse basically because right from the get go, it says it takes place a long time ago, but at the same time, the main character is talking to you (laughs) directly. Yeah. And he talks about like, you know, like get your popcorn and I think he holds a, a remote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, also, I mean, you know, other casting shout out. Kronk's uh, Poppy is played by John Mahoney. I yeah. know it's it's been months, I feel, since I mentioned Frasier on this podcast. But uh, yeah, John Mahoney famously played uh, Martin Crane. And, I, you know, with the very little that he's given, uh, he does a decent job. Yeah. Uh, also, I just discovered something by looking at the Wikipedia that kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah. One of the uh, story credits on this movie is a man named Anthony uh, Leondis, and he is the director of the Emoji movie, <laughs> which, <laughs> huh, okay. I don't know how I feel about that. He also directed that that movie, Igor. Like, I've never if, seen that, but I have heard of it. Yeah, if you've watched, I've never around, seen an emoji movie either. But <laughs> okay, honestly, emoji movie could have been worse, but it definitely was not good. But Igor, you would definitely remember if you just like walked through Blockbuster and when everybody was trying to just make their own star-studded animated movie for kids. And yeah. uh, yep, there's there's him, happy as can be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Emperor's. I already forgot the name of this movie. Krog's New Groove. I couldn't find a lot of information as to like why they chose to make this movie. Do you, do you have any insight into kind of like why they decided or when they decided to make a like Krog? Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) That's the re I mean, so the movie, the emperor's new groove didn't do so well in theaters. Then, uh, the video and TV airings did really well. So they decided to do a sequel, and Kronk was the most popular character, so they made it about him. Um, and that's also how he got the TV show, even though the TV show focuses on Cusco. Even though I like to say the TV show is actually about everyone else, and Cusco just thinks it's about him. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that really checks out with this character. Um, yeah, I uh, like, I get it. But also, th- this movie feels like this is the danger of giving people what they want. It's uh you gotta give people what they don't know they want. <laughs> it's true. Uh but like, you know, we do they do try it's to give to, it's difficult to pull off a film an entire film dedicated to like the comedic relief. It almost never the only exceptions I can think of are the Lego Batman movie and uh, Finding Dory Finding Dory well. was Finding Dory. Yeah, it's kind of a retread, but I still liked it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
I mean, it definitely wasn't novel and it wasn't necessary. But yeah, that's that's a good point. It's a very rare thing because you have to just add all of this deepness and introspection to a character. And I mean, Lego Batman is a perfect example of that. Like it could have been just a silly thing, but we all know Batman. We all know he's a sad character and really yeah. leaning into it. Yeah, again, like Kronk's New Groove, they could have let it breathe a little bit. They could have made it be a father and son story. Disney kills it with father and son stories. Yeah. And I don't just say that because they usually kill the father, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm trying to think of what could have changed or cause they couldn't have done like Yzma's new groove. Uh, uh, like no, maybe... they wanted to, but then uh, Eartha Kitt died. <laughs> oh, supposedly. I don't know how true this is, but I read somewhere. Well, she did die. That's not, uh, no, that's... not the, the move. They supposedly want to make Yzma's old groove. Oh, like maybe a prequel. Perhaps. I don't know. There's not hardly any details other than I read somewhere that they were wanting to do that. Um, I mean, that could have worked because, I mean, uh, you know, villain origin stories are all the rage. and People would have paid to see it for sure. Yeah. There's the kit. <laughs> and also, like, I guess at the beginning of Emperor's New Groove, you get this sense that, like, she is a good employee and her just working tirelessly and then Cusco fires her. That's when she kind of snaps. Yeah, she's a, she raised Cusco. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that could have been an interesting story to see. <laughs> yeah, or honestly, it, it probably just would have been Megamind, but that yeah. could have been how they would have done it. Because I'm still surprised at how solid Megamind is, considering it's it, like the advertising made it look like the most bland, boring piece of crap, but... That happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another issue for another day. But yeah, it, it that movie, again, goes deeper and harder than it really needs to. Um, I feel like the original Emperor's New Groove and Megamind are kind of similar in how they're both about a guy. <laughs> about a guy. They're both about a guy. Yeah, you that's know, really true. You cannot deny that. The, both of them are about a guy. Uh, a guy going through a change in his life, realizing who he should be, and basically they both open in the middle. Also, I guess is one other thing that's a, that's true. And they're both um, S, they both star in SNL alumni. <laughs> Hello, I'm Kai Bobby, co-host of the Rotten Treasure podcast, where I talk with my friend Jim O'Donnell and a special guest about movie franchises that arguably went on a little longer than they should have. Hey, Jim, what movies do we review? Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Home Alone 3, Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House, wait, wait, Home wait, Alone, wait, Jim, Holiday Jim, Jim, Heist. Jim, we, we, re- we review more than just Home Alone movies. Tremors, Tremors 2, Aftershocks. <sighs> uh, do we have any guests? Do we have guests, Jim? Scott Campbell, Robert and Donnell from Watching It, Sarah Carter. <sighs> okay, uh, how do people find us on the internet, Jim? Follow us at Rotten underscore Treasure on Instagram, at Rotten Treasure on Twitter, Rotten Treasure on Facebook. Okay, all right. You know what? That, that's enough of your list. Um, so, folks, if you still want to find us, uh, you can listen to us on your preferred podcast app, uh, such as uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Podbean.com, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, not SoundCloud. I also think that this movie opening in the middle with like that cheese explosion definitely didn't. I know they needed to kind of just mirror how the first movie starts. Yeah. But 
there's a balance that they didn't quite figure out until like the end of the TV show. Yeah, I maybe I need to revisit that show because at the beginning through the first season of the TV show, they just repeat jokes from them. I mean, there are new jokes, but there's a lot of repeating of jokes just from the movie. Yeah, and if I remember, the whole thing is that Cusco like has to go to school to learn how to be a leader. Uh, yeah, to to basically to regain his position as emperor and learn how to be a better emperor, he has to go to school. Um, meanwhile, no one's running the king. No, uh, maybe his. I think his ser- his not his servants, but he has like a council or something. You think they're the closest thing the kingdom has to an emperor while he's at school? Mm-hmm. Um, so they make all the decisions for him on his behalf since he's at school. Um, and then uh, Yzma wants to fail him because if he fails even one class, which seems kind of kind of uh, unfair, tough. yeah, yeah, um, he will, uh, and somehow he doesn't uh, fail even one class. <laughs> he will be stripped of his throne, and uh, Yzma will become empress, basically. Yeah, and I do remember that she disguises herself, and she's like, "No, no, no, I'm Amzi." Yeah. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, and then look at, looking into it a little bit. So, yeah, the series kind of ended because Eartha Kitt died uh, at the end of the one season. So they were like, we're not going to try to season, replace it was her. The end of the second season, yeah. Um, they weren't, even though they have a couple of times found replaces for her for like theme park stuff, uh, they didn't want to do it at that point because it was, for one thing, it was too soon. But also, they managed to uh, put together. Because it is somewhat rushed, but often these things are when you're running out of time. Right. Uh, actual, you know, a conclusive finale that concludes the running thread of the series, if you can call it that. Because um, it ends with Cusco graduating, basically. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no! Damn, I could have never figured that out. Uh, I mean, yeah. some shows just end and they never resolve. <laughs> That's legit. Like, like Alf originally does alf not end just like he goes back to his planet and that's the end? i thought the original ending of alf and they might have retconned it later was that like the, the government comes and takes him away and it was supposed to be a cliffhanger but the show got canceled so it just ends like that that's i love that as with the implication that they're gonna like cut him open or something you know what that's what he deserves for torturing all of those cats yeah i i love a good tv show that ended and just on the most confident cliffhanger and then it just stops yeah. like uh do, uh do you did you remember that show flash forward never heard of it <laughs> okay so the whole thing of flash forward is what if everybody blacked out for three minutes and saw the future and like raven yeah basically <laughs> everybody wakes up they're like that was so raven um and then the end of the first season they're like oh my god it's gonna happen again and then it starts to show and lay all these seeds. And then ABC is like, no, nah, we don't want any more. Fuck nah. this. Um, but I should point out that in this movie, Yzma is a Catwoman. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. That was uh, Eartha Kitt's uh, f- most famous role, arguably. I, she I was, believe uh, so, yeah. In the Adam West Batman series. And Adam West was almost one, two facts, one, one of which the first one I didn't find out until after the fact was almost in the Emperor's New Groove and they even had him record lines, but his character got cut. Oh, right. I, I like saw that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that have been. Like, 
I think that's been a funny thread, like, and I'm sure you've experienced it to an yeah. extent doing your podcast, but like finding out the A-list celebrities that get tapped for things and then yeah. they get recorded, but then they're just like kind of thrown out and not used. Like, uh, I think they were running, the, the, they were like, there was just too much at that point going on in the story. Yeah. They're like, we can't have another character that's over the top. Like things are going to explode. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the character was? I think his name was Mochi, and he was like a conspiracy theorist or something who kidnapped Cusco and had a bunch uh, had a meeting with a bunch of scarecrows. Oh. Like, you know, he, he he all his like the peop- all the members of his conspiracy uh, society or whatever were just scarecrows. Um, yeah, that's too much. That's yeah. that's way too much. And then uh, I met Adam West, but I didn't know, but I didn't find out he was in the Embers New Groove till after almost in the Embers New Groove till after I had met him. Um. I wonder what I wonder how he would have reacted if he's like, oh my god, Adam West, huge fan. I can't believe you're almost an Emperor's new. I feel like he would be so he would have been so thrown off that he would have at least been like, okay, this is ballsy. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, he was in uh, plenty of other things from my childhood to make up for it. So. Yeah, that's that's legit. Um, no. But yeah, do do you have any final thoughts on Kronk's new groove before we kind of uh, summarize everything? Um, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we've forgotten any. I've seen threads. a pretty decent number of these cheap sequels. Uh, it's not the worst one, <laughs> it, I, even by like a long shot. I don't think. Um, I think the Lion King sequels and Lion King One and a Half, which I don't really consider a sequel, more of a spoof, um, are probably among the best. Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking Lion King One and a Half as well. Yeah, because that movie isn't really a sequel as much of a parody of its own uh, concept, basically. Right, and it's also like, a, I forget the term for it, but it's like a parallel quote or something it's, where it's like it's another movie. It's a prequel movie. And, a, and a side quote. Yeah. And a semi-sequel to the first movie. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think like... Like compared to Hunchback 2? See, I, mean, I have not seen like any I of those. I haven't like, either, but I've seen enough, you know? I, I don't like generally so- like to criticize, and I won't do a full review of it because I haven't seen the whole thing like some people might. Um, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, I know like some people have a real affinity for like Little Mermaid 2. It, it uh, is a weirdly popular one. But yeah, other than that. I, I don't I don't particularly like Little Mermaid 2, but if people like the characters, you know, I'm not going to fault them for that. I like the character. I like the characters in the Emperor's New School, and I like the characters in this okay. <laughs> totally. I, I like the Emperor's New School better than this. A large part of that is probably because of Melina, though. <laughs> yeah, and we get a little bit more breathing room in, in a full TV show, like we're yeah, saying. You, well, it's 20 minutes, and it, the pacing is the pacing is immaculate, but also it's not quite as looney toony. It's still... Oh, yeah. It's still 100% all the... I mean, like, it's not... It doesn't get super serious, even especially compared to like the brief moments in the movie where it gets real emotional. The first movie, I mean, mm-hmm. but it's not like hitting your head over the top with constant insanity either. It's sort of in between. Yeah. Like almost I, it's it, like a sitcom basically. Yeah. Like I think if Kronk's new groove kind of went harder in one direction or the other, yeah. I think I would feel more excited about it, but yeah, I uh, kind of forgettable, but I think that's okay. So uh, now is the part of the show where we rate everything. Uh, so uh, I'll start with you, Micah. So we rate everything on a scale of zero to five. And you can be as, you know, specific and like 
with your decimal points and uh, half numbers as you'd like. So what, what would you like to rate uh, Kronk's new can, groove can today? Can you describe zero from like... Sure. So horrible our, or to like five, like the most amazing thing ever or like. So here I'll give you uh, all of the movies that we reviewed on Kid Flicks. The lowest rated one is Son of the Mask, the sequel Ooh. to The Mask. It has a 0.0011 on our rankings. And then our highest well, ranking. Binary. Yeah, it, it's pretty much nothing. And then uh, our highest ranking movie is Finding Nemo, and that's a 4.9. Fun okay. fact about Finding Nemo, one of the writers of Finding Nemo was the writer for The Emperor's New Groove. Well, they did an okay job, I suppose, <laughs> on that one. Uh, but yeah, so with that, those is like your goalposts. Uh, where would you kind of put Kronk's New Groove mm, that's a on there? Toughie. I don't have any beef with this movie for existing, for one thing. I'm glad it exists because for, if, if nothing else, it means more people will go back and watch the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kronk. I like Patrick Warburton. I like his performance. Uh, I like seeing more of him. Exactly what makes me prefer the TV show to it, but there's definitely something. This definitely feels like it's okay, basically. So 2.5 is like, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's not like... For one thing, it's not nearly as good as the first movie, obviously. Mm. Yeah, so I guess 2.5. I'm, like, pretty close to you. I'm putting it at a 1.9. Just, like, I think the fact that I had to stop it and then restart it kind of says a lot for me. Um, But, yeah, there are little parts of this, and I see the potential in it, and I think that's what kind of drives me crazy with it. So, uh, yeah. And some people would be against this, but I say there's still potential for more stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's possible. Like, uh, we, like some, people, new some people always use like, oh, well, this sequel ruined it. Now we can never have any more. It's like, there are plenty of franchises that came back. Like, the not every one of the Muppets movies is good, for example. Well, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, I've talked about that extensively on here. Like, and for example, not every one of the Marvel movies is good. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a heavy majority of them are frighteningly okay. Like, uh, yeah, like I'm saying, a franchise can survive one or two bad movies. <laughs> yeah, and, and just because one sucks, like, I think some people, and I kind of get this way with the Muppets, that the fear that if one fails, then it closes the door for more in the future because they're like, oh, it didn't work. But with that the weird streaming world. Yeah, the streaming world that we're in, that's not going to happen ever. It's not I don't possible. Think. No. Um, and nostalgia as well uh, keeps things coming back. That is true. Uh, but crunching the numbers, interestingly enough, Kronk's New Groove in our ratings, smack dab in between two other direct-to-video sequels. So... Uh, Crocs New Groove, we're giving it a 2.2 with our scores averaged together, which puts it right above the, uh, I think, the fifth Airbud movie, Airbud Spikes Back. Oh, yeah, they made a whole bunch of those. And in and right below Inspector Gadget 2. So I remember that. Really interesting. Isn't that Stewart in it? Yes, it is. And I think Missy Pyle is the love interest. I don't remember. I just know French Stewart because he wasn't Matthew Broderick, and Matthew Broderick was in the first one. Yep, it was very obvious that it was not him. But I mean, it wasn't like George of the Jungle Tour where they acknowledge it. <laughs> that's true. Um, 
but yeah, that 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 is our review of Kronk's New Groove. Micah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, tell us about uh, your podcast, The Emperor's New Podcast. Yeah, I also have a few other things to tell you about, but I'll tell you about the oh, podcast Oh, please. First. Yeah, tell us about it all. Most relevant. Uh, I have a podcast where I basically explore. I don't really rate because then I like to criti- I like criticism, but I don't like like definitive rankings on my own show if that makes sense no i get it's this uh spreadsheet has become very unwielding over the years we just talk about it and what we think of it uh the pros and the cons based like every video every episode basically has positives and negatives it's very ultimately always so far has come out positive but it's never like a hundred percent echo chamber of this is the best thing ever we agree with you micah all the time (laughs) We talk about everything in the Emperor's New Groove universe, and sometimes I interview people. I've interviewed Tony Bancroft, uh, the supervising animator of Kronk and uh, one of the directors of Mulan. Oh, I've wow. interviewed Stevie Wormers, who was a story artist on the Emperor's New Groove, and uh, co-directed the Prep and Landing specials and the Olaf special that was supposed to be on ABC, but Disney forced it in the theaters. <laughs> I've interviewed J.P. Manu, who is the person who voices Cusco in the Emperor's oh, New yeah. School. That's right, and um, uh, he also, I know him a lot as the doppeldiener from yeah. Community. Yeah, we talk a bit about that, um, and about how he's often cast as a Moby impersonator. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Bob Bergen, the voice of Bucky the Squirrel, I've had on. Um, and sometimes the voice of Porky, P- Porky Pig. Um, oh. I had him do the sign-off. <laughs> That's great. As Porky Pig. Um, so that's a fun... I, I mean, I have fun recording and I hope people have fun listening to it. My podcast, I also have a YouTube channel where I make cartoons, animated stuff. Uh, it's called Fire Blast Studios. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of a hiatus because I'm working on what hopefully will end up being a feature. <laughs> if I can get, if the editing t- and timing works out right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sharks, which will hopefully be coming in August of next year, but that's subject to change. Uh, 2023. Um and uh, my YouTube channel has a Patreon, Fireblast Studios, where you can financially support me if you enjoy my work. And um, I've also been on other podcasts as well. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll link to uh, as much as I can in the description of this episode. But yeah, yeah that that's all sound great. Definitely support uh, the artists that you like. And, uh, 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 you know, rate and review us on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, that always helps us out with the ratings. And we will hear you in a fortnight and go, go gadget and show.